Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Got a really interesting postcard today I want to show you. It's from our listener, Sharon, uh, listening from uh, California. Sharon uh, sent me this postcard with the Corona Lily on it. You see that? I, I didn't even know there was a Corona Lily. I thought the only thing only thing I knew about Corona was there was a coronavirus. Uh, but uh, a beautiful postcard. And it's the Corona Lily. Sharon said that she's had this postcard for many years. And so she decided to put it in the mail and, and send it to me. So thank you, Sharon, for my Corona Lily postcard from California. Appreciate you listening. And we are looking forward to jumping back into our our passage for today. I think I mentioned yesterday that we might go back and review one verse. And I, I want to do that. And that's verse number uh, verse, verse number 13. Would you look at that, please? Uh, Mark chapter 3 and verse number 13, Jesus is about to select from many volunteer followers just a select few, 12 to be exact, that will be his apostles. And watch how he does that. And, And it's important, I think, at times like this in your Bible study to compare Scripture with Scripture. Because what you'll find in Luke's gospel is that Jesus spent all night praying because this is a huge decision. And what a great example that is for you and me, that when we're about to embark upon huge decisions that impact other people's lives, think about that. The big decisions we make in life, like moving our family, uh, like taking on a new job, it affects the lives of other people. So when Jesus was selecting these 12, this is huge. And he spent all night in prayer and then selected them. And the Bible says in verse number 13, he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, those that he wanted to that, to follow him. And, and they came unto him. Now watch this. And he ordained 12. So here they are. And let me read the list for you. And some of these you'll be very familiar with. Others, that uh, they're a little bit less known. And let me remind you that the, the 12 apostles, will their names will be on the gates of the new Jerusalem one day. Think about that. So forever and forever and forever, we will know these men and how God used them and how God... Uh, has honored them and their uh, their commitment to the gospel. These are the, the those whom Jesus called and assembled unto himself. In that sense, kind of like the first assembly, Jesus being the good shepherd, the pastor, if you will. And those are these men are the first members of his congregation. And the Bible says here in verse number four, uh, thir- 15, I'm sorry, verse number 14, he ordained 12 that they should be with him. And I just really love that verse. I've quoted it so many times, Mark chapter three and verse 14. What was the operative principle in discipleship when it came to calling these 12? It it was that they would be with him. 
That's what discipleship is. More than a curriculum that a church employs on a Wednesday evening, more than a small group Bible study, more than a workbook that a person goes through with a younger believer. Discipleship is doing life together. It's spending that time. It's it's what is taught. It is what is caught. It is watching the actions and reactions. It's spending all of that that of those waking hours together. Discipleship is spending time with. So the Bible says he chose 12 to be with him. They would walk together. They would talk together. They would eat together. Uh, they would lodge together. They would do life together. Uh, they would Jesus would be always in their view. Uh, they were they, they were to be with him. It's been my privilege uh, on numbers of occasions to go to the land of Israel. I'd love to have you join me one day. And when we go to Israel, one of the things I love to do that typically other groups don't do for whatever reason is we love to take hikes. So for instance, we'll take a hike from Mount Arbel, which is which is, overlooks the Sea of Galilee, and we'll walk down a steep path all the way down to the bottom. It's beautiful. Or we'll walk along what's called the Jesus Trail. Uh, it was my privilege some years ago to walk from Nazareth all the way to the Sea of Galilee on the Jesus Trail. Or to walk from a place called Chorazim, one of the cities where Jesus did a lot of preaching, all the way downhill to the famous city of Capernaum. And anytime I get on those trails, I always get the sense of, wow, this, is, this, must, be, uh, this must have been what it was like 2,000 years ago. As you get away from the buildings, as you get just in nature, as you walk with others. And the interesting thing is, when you hike for hours, you, you end up walking with this person for a while, and then maybe walking with this person for a while, or this group of three or four will walk together for a while, and you just spend time looking and observing and, and discussing and all and listening. And this is the way Jesus lived with these disciples. He chose from among many 12 to be with him. That's Mark 3.14. Notice what it goes on to say in verse 14, and that he might send them forth to preach. So it's not enough just to be with Jesus, but what's the purpose of being with Jesus? The purpose of being with Jesus is that we might glean from Jesus in order that we might be sent from Jesus. I think that's a good template for your life and for my life. I mean, in essence, that's what we're doing right now on this podcast, aren't we? We're kind of tuning out the rest of the day for a moment, and we're saying, let's get in the Word of God. Let's spend some time with Jesus, who is the living Word of God. Let, let's be with Him. But now that we've spent time with Him, then let's be sent from Him to make a difference for Him. Does that make sense? And that's what happened here. Jesus chose from among many 12 to be with Him so that they could learn so that they could, he could impart unto them, so that he could uh, help to shape them, so that from that relationship, they could go out and represent him accurately. Look at verse number 15 of our text. And so he was going to send them to preach, and the Bible says to have power 
to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. Now, Jesus isn't in the business of giving people those powers today, but remember, these were signs. Signs of the fact that Jesus was on earth. Signs to unbelieving Jews that Messiah was indeed there and his message was valid. The the point is this, that spending time with Jesus gives, uh, uh, gives the learner power, a power to represent him. And even today, as we spend time with the Lord, as we yield ourselves to him, as we cooperate with the still small voice of his Holy Spirit, as we learn the word of God, we are empowered to be the people that God wants us to be, to be the representatives, to be the ambassadors to a lost and dying world. And so while we don't have power over sickness in that sense, uh, we have no less power uh, as representatives of Christ to be witnesses in a world that needs him. Look at verse number 16. So here they are. Here are the 12. I'm going to read them for you. Verse number 16, and Simon, he surnamed Peter. So Simon is his given name, but Peter is the name that Jesus gave him. It means a stone, and that features prominently in Peter's life because Jesus did use Peter as a stone, as a foundation stone. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, but the church is built upon the foundation stones of the apostles and prophets. Uh, Peter said, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up together a spiritual house uh, there in 1 Peter chapter 2. So even Peter extended that metaphor when he he talked about how God uses us, uh, just as Jesus used Peter. Every time a list of the apostles is given, Peter is always listed first. Now, does that mean he was the first pope? (laughs) Of course not. But what that does mean is that God used him in a significant way. Uh, Peter was a brash, uh, type A, forward, uh, uh, speak now and think later kind of guy. And yet Jesus transformed him, used him. And at Pentecost, it was Peter that stood up and the others stood with him. And so Simon, surnamed Peter, watch what it says in verse number 17. So Simon, he surnamed Peter and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. So James... Uh, the one that was uh, the one that was uh, executed by Herod Agrippa the first in Acts chapter twelve, and then John, who is the writer of the book of John and the writer of first and second th- and third John and the writer of Revelation, John the beloved. So James and John, the brothers, the sons of Zebedee. So Simon, James and John. Then the Bible says, uh, and he he surnamed them. So Jesus gave them a nickname too. He called them Bonerges, which is the sons of thunder. Mark gave the Gentile, uh, uh, the Gentiles a, a, uh, a translation, the sons of thunder. Why? Because James and John were they were they were big personalities. Uh, they were willing to call down fire from heaven on that Samaritan village. Uh, their mom wanted them to sound the right hand on the left hand. Remember, James and John. And Jesus said, you guys are the sons of thunder. But what did Jesus do for them? He, he gave them a, a transforming grace, didn't he? And John, who was so brash and so uh, willing to, to challenge, became known as the apostle of love, didn't he? Such is the nature of God's power in our lives to transform us. Look at verse number 18, and Andrew. So it's interesting, Peter 
and Andrew. They're brothers, but they're separated here by James and John. Why? Because Peter, James, and John kind of form that inner circle of Jesus' ministry. We saw that at the heal, the raising of Jairus' daughter, just those three. Or at the Mount of Transfiguration, just those three. Or at the prayer time at the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, just those three. So there was something that Jesus was pouring into them specifically. So Peter, James, John, Andrew, remember, he was the first follower of Jesus, not first apostle now, but the first one voluntarily to follow Jesus back in John chapter 1. Then the Bible says, uh, Andrew, that's verse number 18, and Philip, remember, Jesus found Philip way back when, John chapter 1, and Philip went and found Nathanael. Here he's called Bartholomew, same person, Nathaniel and Bartholomew, two names, same person. So uh, Peter, Peter, uh, and Peter, James, John, Andrew, uh, and it seems like Jesus is listing them in twos because he sent them out by twos. Then the Bible says here, uh, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, we know him, the tax collector, also known by Levi, whom Jesus called by the shores of Capernaum, and then Thomas. You know him as Doubting Thomas. That's a little bit unfair uh, because Thomas became a man of great faith and went on to minister in the country of modern-day India and was martyred for his faith but made a great impact for the gospel in that needy country. So Thomas and then James, the son of Alphaeus. Sometimes he's called James the Less, uh, not to be confused with James, the brother of John. So James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus. Uh, sometimes Thaddeus was, uh, in John 14, we see his name as Judas, not, not Judas Iscariot. There was two Judases, but Thaddeus or Judas. Then the Bible says Simon the Canaanite. And the word Canaanite here doesn't refer to the ancient people of Israel. In this sense, it means uh, the one that was part of the, the group called the Zealots, those that were wildly uh, anti-Rome, anti-Herod. Uh, they were the insurrectionists. They were they that wanted to uh, fight and throw off Roman oppression. Uh, they were the rabble-rousers of the day. So Simon the Canaanite. And then the Bible says in verse uh, number 19, and Judas Iscariot, always listed last, was Judas. Judas, the one that would betray. Iscariot, by the way, is a reference to where he was from. So the, the, the village Kiriot, uh down in Judea, which really makes Judas the only one of the 12 that was from the region of Judea. So Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into an house. So uh, Jesus began his intense discipleship ministry with them. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. We'll jump back into verse number 20. Uh, next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.